You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. So you don't like Harry Potter? No. Okay. I uh, know, not because it's like uh, a demonic or witchcraft or whatever. Yeah, it's just I just get so sleepy. All that to say, if you have older kids and this is not what you're doing, I, I want to just encourage don't like don't not do it because it feels awkward to start. I would yeah. say like sit down with your kids, share with them that you would like to start praying more and yeah. I would say invite them into your own prayer life. What do your kids love? What do they love to do? What do they love to talk about? And instead of looking at your relationship with them as what do they have to offer you? I'm not saying that definitely is what you've done, but there's a great strategy there is to say what what do my what do I have to offer my kids that they need? And love, even if maybe they don't want it. This is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, uh, the fabulous Mrs. Cassie Bryant. How you doing today, Cassie? I feel great. I'm so happy to be together. Oh, me too. I love a Q and A episode. This is going to be fun. Chelsea Griffin is also here with us today. How you doing today, Chelsea? I could be better. Oh. What would improve your day? Oh, yeah. It was 40 degrees warmer and uh, oh, right. not cloudy. Yeah, seasonal effects. Sorry, listeners. Is, <laughs> is storming through. They're going to have to hear about this for the next three months <laughs> until we start recording. Still I sad. I don't know how to not bring it Still up. Sad. You say, how am I? The answer sad. <laughs> I'm kidding. But sad. We need to get you one of those sun lamps. Aren't there uh-huh. it's, yeah, it's called a happy light. My counselor said I need to get one. But oh. then you have to sit there and like. That's you have the to, problem. Yeah, you have to take time to sit. You don't sit. To sit in front of it. No, I, I love sitting, but <laughs> when you make it into a discipline, then it sounds hard. <laughs> I've had it on my uh, wish list for Chelsea as a gift for a long time, but I keep thinking there's no way she'll actually like it because she won't actually use it if I get her. Unless I thought if we put it right in front of your like portable sauna we've talked about before on the podcast and you're just sitting in a sauna with a sun lamp on you. But our friends from Seattle have said, you know, they, they have to do it in order to be happy. And I don't, I don't want to also have created dependency on a lamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is making me sound so weak. Oh, no, you're not weak. human. Oh, you. Human. Build me up. Not Build weak. Me up. Human. Well, guys, this is the last episode of season three of the family discipleship podcast. And we are answering your questions today. We got a lot of good questions still to answer. We did a mid season Q and a where we answered some of them, but we have a a ton left, dozens, more than we can get to. So we're going to do our best. We're going to start with a little softball question, maybe a little bit. It's only a softball question because I think Cassie is going to be so ready for this. I'm so excited. It's a very good question. But uh, tell us about, Cassie, your favorite memory verses for toddlers is the first question. So glad you asked. Help a kid learn the Bible. Where do you start? First off, whoever is asking this, I'm just so proud of you for asking. Caitlin Blanche. Okay, way to go, Caitlin, for not just waiting for your kids to be older to memorize scripture because they are sponges in preschool and they can actually memorize a lot more than you think they can. Yeah. I would say start with Genesis 1. You got to start in the beginning. God created the world in the beginning. So um, that's not it verbatim. No, I was going to say, do you have it memorized? <laughs> nope, in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens it's and like, the earth. Have not, have not been able to commit that to I memory. Start, I haven't started there, but I think you should. If only my mom had taught me that in preschool. <laughs> no, um, I would say start in Genesis 1. And then from there, you can go to the Psalms. I'd say, what are the, what are the scriptures that God has impressed on your heart that you've memorized? 
and uh, start putting those just around your home and working uh, through those with your kids. I will say we just wrapped up a semester of Compass Kids at our church, which is our Bible memory program for training kids. And we have three-year-olds who've memorized Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. Wow, that's great. So they are just so capable. And I would just say you you get to decide. Um, yeah. But definitely start with in the beginning, God, because yeah. that is laying the groundwork for who mm-hmm. he is as creator and as God. And um, and then you can kind of go from there. Also, some of the resources would be like Seeds Family Worship, yeah. Slugs and Bugs. There's some great like scripture to music options if you're down for that in your car ride or in your mornings, um, because it's amazing what kids can do with a melody. That's good. I, w- I would say there's not a lot of bad places to start having your kids memorize no, the scripture. Yeah. You can Maybe Lamentations yeah, or Maybe numbers, Ecclesiastes or, or Song of Solomon might be difficult for a toddler. Ecclesiastes, you don't hear you've that got, there's a season for... All the things, right? Ecclesiastes. You are really good with memorized. There's a <laughs> she's season got it. for all the things. She's, she's got it. Are, are you a, a full time ministry? I'm going to get a second <laughs> cup of coffee before you guys start. Like, Luckily, me. Question. She's like, I got this. Uh, yeah. Doesn't the Bible say somewhere doesn't dance like Bible, no one's watching? We know I think that's where I'd start. It says uh, godliness next to cleanliness. Yeah. yeah. Like that. No, yeah. God, helps not those, that. God helps those who help themselves. Nope, I know it does not say that. That's in there. We all know Chelsea is the resident Bible memorizer. I oh. think you might have the one person not in vocational ministry. <laughs> well, I think you have photographic memory. I'm I'm She's got great convinced. Memory. What if I have a great discipline? Well, that too, which is a, which is awesome. Well, combined. For kids, I love the Psalm 56.3, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Uh, Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? Um, John 3.16, can't go wrong, guys. showing do you, do you, I was gonna call. No, I was going to call on you. For, for John, God for demonstrates John. his love. John 3.16, you yeah, already you got this? Do you know for it? For God so loved the world that oh. he gave his only begotten son, Keep that going. whosoever might believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Killing wow. it. Oh, is and that I, the old NIV? That was NIV 1984. There it is. 1976. Oh. Or is it 84? 84 is the last, like... The last good NIV. <laughs> is that what you're about to say? <laughs> the last new international version? That I like. We're not ripping off versions. There's a lot of great versions of the Bible to have them memorized. There are some that are easier for kids than others. And Chelsea totally. loves I the love NIV. The, the old NIV. That's oh. what we used to use in children's ministry. We really, it pained us to move to the ESV. Me too. And it's then now everybody's moving to the CSB. Who can keep up? Just stick with one and yeah. and stick with it. You know. Here's a, let me get us to another question. That's a great start. There are a lot of great places <laughs> to start memorizing things in the Bible and, and very few where I would say don't. But let's go on to another question. You guys comfortable with that? Fine. Okay. We got so much to talk about. Hey, our <laughs> official Family Discipleship Podcast photographer, Miss Sammy Bremer, yes. asked a, a great question for us to get started to today. What... Family rhythms or traditions do you love for holidays, milestone, birthdays, that kind of thing? Like, what are your family traditions in the Bryant home that you're like, man, this is our favorite? We don't really have many. You guys travel? Is that a tradition? Yeah, you guys travel all the time. I guess, I don't know. I Maybe I need a definition for tradition. We do travel all the time, and we love yeah. to travel. We love showing our kids the world, and... I don't know that I would consider that. Those are milestones for sure, like milestone trips, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the time you went to Italy the, or whatever Spain. it was. Spain. Hopefully Italy next summer is what we're looking That's at. That's what but I was, I was getting pending. anticipatory. Oh. I mean, we, we have to travel on a budget, you know, because sure. um, I'm really... Yeah, you You're saying the Family Discipleship podcast, podcast doesn't pay you enough to get to Italy? Uh, Let's do it. No, but that's okay. I'm not looking to, to pay for us <laughs> to go to Italy. I guess I'm just saying, like, we're not great with, like, the a lot of traditions in our house with other regards to other things. Milestones. We love milestones. Like we what? love Advent. 
kicking off Advent. Um, I've shared this before, like decorating, inviting, opening up our home to others. We haven't gotten to some big milestone birthdays. We are still planning. Our first one turns 10. Our first, our oldest turns 10 next year, planning a milestone for that, um, but haven't gotten there. We do have a whole episode on milestones as well, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. And we had we a great that. talk with John Tyson about yes. kind of creating the pathway to that kind of work. Yes. Yeah. How about you, Chelsea? What are, what are the family traditions in the Griffin household that you like? An easy one that uh, we actually do like every two weeks would be, you know, we have Theo night, we have Gus night, we have oh, Oscar yeah. night. So yeah. each kid gets to stay up late for one-on-one time with mom and dad on the date of their birthday each month. And um, that's a super sweet time that is usually pretty low-key. We just do something fun with our kid and... I usually pay attention to something that they like. So we may watch a little show that they like or just give them an opportunity to ask questions about anything. And, or go play catch. Um, yeah, we just do something. And um, I'm just hoping that it continues to like keep a door open for communication, that if our kids mm. do have something pressing on them, they think, you know, okay, I'm going to ask on my on my one-on-one night. But we always just try to press in a little bit to what's going on in their life. Thanksgiving coming up, although this episode will probably come out after Thanksgiving. But we have a tablecloth that we put out on Thanksgiving that people can write on. Adam drew this amazing turkey in the middle. I love that. uh, It's very cartoony. Don't imagine. you guys are great at traditions. It's not hyper-realistic. And the first time we did it, was cool, but now it's really sweet. When we put it out, you can see like the stuff our kids wrote when they were like three. Oh my gosh, and, I love uh, it. Things they drew, and we just keep piling more stuff on. So when you look at it, it's kind of this little like memorial because you can yep. see who was at Thanksgiving each mm-hmm. year. And uh, for those of y'all who don't know, we typically so Adam and I live far from family, so typically on Thanksgiving we open up our home to anybody who also doesn't have family. Mm-hmm. So we normally have just a huge gathering of uh, relative strangers often. Yeah. How many turkeys yeah. do you make for that? No, we don't make we, any turkeys. That's another tradition turkey. we love. <laughs> we don't make Thanksgiving food because, Chelsea? If Thanksgiving food was good, you would eat it more than once a, once a year. <laughs> <laughs> but like, at what, at what birthday or party have you ever been? Have you ever been to a Super Bowl here's party a where they're like, here's a green bean casserole? <laughs> Actually, that's my favorite Thanksgiving. You would. Do you have it at a Super Bowl party? Uh, well, no, I don't watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> the, the Super Bowl is my favorite holiday because it's the only holiday where the food's good. Oh, uh, where you can finally have Fourth of July, just, I think. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm not afraid of it. It's a hot moments dog. like this. I wonder if Lolly is your kid. That's funny. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's stuff. not. But Thanksgiving uh, for us has been pizza, it's been wings, it's been uh, fajitas, it's been barbecue. We just pick a different kind of We did a breakfast one that Breakfast, one was, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this year we're having chicken related. Yeah, it's, it's like a little Tex-Mex. bit strange. Yeah, yep. it doesn't really make sense, yep. but it's, yeah. it's happening. But I love that about our traditions. You're talking about the tablecloth. We, you know, we decorate for Christmas together as a family, yeah. pull the ornaments out, things that kind of remind us of things. But we also, you know, have some milestones. I took Oscar, we've talked about on the podcast on the episode of Milestones, took Oscar on his, you know, when he turned 10, mm-hmm. went on a trip together, just the two of us, and talked about, you know, being a man and. There's a, there's a lot of those things I have planned for us. We're not a great family vacation family. We don't have uh, those like annual family vacations, but we have been to a lot of camps that I speak at. The kids will come with us and they have a blast. Camp's and, a milestone for sure. Yeah, yeah. Camp's the awesome. best. Yeah. Uh, we also, speaking of Christmas, Behold the Lamb of God yeah, has become Peterson. a staple in our house. Like listening to it, sitting down and watching like the live stream concert. Last year we went and found 
the local we got tickets um to the local one where they come they travel around yeah and if you guys could get to Nashville to watch it at the Ryman with your kids, it's so well, good. It's worth mentioning on here too. Andrew was on your uh, guest list, dream list, and oh, he can, man. his Andrew, uh, assistant listening. continues to say uh, not yet. And so, if anybody knows Andrew okay. and can hook us up, I did see him on one of our friends' podcast after they had told us no, and I was like, hey, what's up? I guess he likes other people better than us. But maybe they have more. Li- maybe when we reach a certain amount of listeners, no, we have more listeners than that other podcast. But that's wow. okay. Way to pay it's attention, okay. Adam. Adam's okay. gone deep with this. Also, handles. Messiah. If you can get a hold of a live performance of Handel's Messiah, is that uh, like a symphony orchestra type? Thing? It's like an opera. Like they the sing, they sing through scripture leading up to. That sounds classy. Christ, it's beautiful. Get our it's, kids I cry every year. Mm. So we took all three of our girls last year, and this year the tickets are too expensive. So I'm having to pick one of them to. Take, I could come in and just perform it for you guys if you'd like. Oh my no goodness, problem. please. Yeah, no problem. Uh, okay, two part question here. It's a, well, really, we're going to take a two-part question from one listener and then a related question from another. But this one is, how do you pray with your children? And when you pray, uh, what do you pray for other than their salvation? So it's pray with your children. What do you pray for your children? And then somebody else also asked about praying with your kid when your kid does not want to pray out loud. So Mm. let's talk a little bit about praying with your kids. Chelsea, maybe you can kick us off to think about when your kid doesn't want to talk, maybe when your kid is younger, and then what are we praying for our kids? I think a great place to start with little ones is prayers where they repeat after you. Amen. And uh, you're modeling that format that uh, we're so lucky that Jesus taught us to pray and Jesus taught us to pray uh, the Lord's prayer. And and so that kind of really gives you a framework of how we talk to God, how we ask for what we need, how we ask for forgiveness. We confess sins. We praise God. We give glory to his name for his holy attributes. Mm -hmm. And so just teaching kids um, to say thank you to God and to give God praise. And so that's an easy thing to do to say if they feel shy or uh, timid about it, to just show show our kids model that that we can talk to God like we talk to anybody uh, but of course with with reverence and honor that he's worthy of but we can have short simple sentences that they repeat after us is an easy place to start what else Cass that's good yeah I would agree I think starting with it's always good to take our requests to God but if that's the only time your kids are seeing you pray which we do that all the time we'll do it in the car we saw a an accident the other day on the side of the road and we like stop and pray. Um, but when they were little, we did our best to point them to like wonder and who God is in creation and just like, Oh, you love this butterfly. God made this butterfly and we're going to thank God and praise God for this butterfly. And so like starting, that's so small, but starting with like praise and just worship of him through prayer when, yeah. when we were little and yeah. now it's, it's all the time. I mean, like anytime we pray together as a family, it's not just at meals. It's like on our way to school and we're mm-hmm. trying to just make it yeah. as conversational and as regular as possible so that our kids expect it. And it's not like a weird thing. Yeah. All that to say, if you have older kids and this is not what you're doing, I want to just encourage, don't like, don't not do it because it feels awkward to start. I would yeah. say like, sit down with your kids share with them that you would like to start praying more. Yeah. And cause I don't know who asked this and, and how old their kids are. I don't want to assume they're two and three and they're at that place where you're just beginning, but they might be older. Yeah. I would say invite them into your own prayer life. I think a lot of prayer comes down to, you know, the, uh, what's going on in your kid's heart and what's going on mm-hmm. with them relationally between them and the Lord. If they have a prayer life that is individual or not, and if they are not willing to pray out loud, then it might be creating and fostering an environment in which they're comfortable talking with you about yeah. why they don't want to. In our family, one of the things I really love that we started doing is trying to make whoever volunteers to pray for our family make it 
instead of a kind of polite silence to say, I'll see if anybody else wants to pray first. In our family, it's become a competitive, let's see who gets to pray. And so around the meal table, when we say who wants to pray, it's, I, I will, you know, it's whoever gets it out first. And at night when we pray for each other, it's I will. And what that's created is an eagerness to be the one who prays as our kids have grown up. So even last mm-hmm. night, we had a couple over here that was coming over for some counsel and our, we were doing, like we've talked about in other episodes, we were uh, doing our Bible study together as a family, even though somebody was in our home. And so before our kids go to bed and we ask uh, who will pray and Gus, man, like a, like a rifle, boom, I will, I will pray for these people. And so he asked them what they wanted prayer for, and he prayed for them. And it just, it's like any muscle. It just, Mm -hmm. uh, in order to be strengthened, it starts with like very small exercise and it gets stronger and stronger. And so I don't think our kids' prayers are super deep and theologically rich when they're just coming off of their hearts, but it's always sincere. Yeah. Yeah, But part of that's come from just practice at it. And it started with practice of repeat after me. It started with familiarity with the way yeah. we pray. What are the kind of things we pray for? And then we also do praise that we prayers that we can pray together at the same time, like the Lord's yeah. Prayer. It's mm-hmm. not repeat after me, but they know the words now enough to say we're gonna we're gonna pray this together. I think too, if like your kid isn't willing to pray out loud or they're struggling, like they just don't want to pray, you can't manufacture that for them. Sure. And so like to be really careful about making it a legalistic, like, yeah. well, this is what you're going to do. You have to do that. Yeah. I think maybe going back to the drawing board in terms of like, how can we paint for them a picture and show them the beauty of prayer in our own lives as their parents yeah. first. And then also telling them like, Hey, prayer is a gift from God given to you to commune with him. Good. That doesn't have to be out loud. No. I know adults that are uncomfortable praying out loud and that yeah, for sure. that's something they can grow in, but it's like let's start first with like how do you feel laying in bed at night talking to God? And do you feel like you you know how to even go to him about what your your day is and if you're anxious about tomorrow or whatever it is. And so that's a journal if your kids old enough to write and they're interested in journaling and writing to God or that's just giving them some tools, but I think fostering more of that like relationship with him and teaching them about what prayer actually is. It's not this pray out loud. You have to perform it. Yes. And like I'm judging you and that wasn't good enough or long enough. I I would really guard against that type of mindset. Sure. Absolutely. I want to ask a related question. I'm going to take a little harder turn here in the podcast because we do have a lot of very deep questions. Not that these first ones haven't been, uh, but let's talk about some of these harder questions that parents have sent us. The first one is from our friend, Jamie. Uh, Jamie Schweers, who um, said thank you for the call out in the last Q and A episodes, but you, she Jamie. said, uh, "How about you just answer my question too?" So, <laughs> also here's here's Jamie's question: um, How do you encourage a kid when they're questioning their theology and their beliefs? Jamie, we know Jamie, so we know she's got teenagers and yeah. she's got younger kids. And how do you encourage a kid when they're really questioning what is their faith? What do, what do they believe? Well, I would start with thanking your kid for sharing that they're questioning it all, their doubts that they feel like they can even tell you that is a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that they're doing that under your roof and under your care and your guidance is also a good thing. So I would start there. And then I would tell them that God isn't afraid of their questions and doubts. Amen. That's true. And that Jacob wrestled with God and you see people all throughout scripture asking God. I mean, you think about the psalmist and yeah. And so I think take your questions and doubts to him and ask God to reveal himself to your child because God is so good to deal with us and our doubts. And doubt is not a unique or a rare thing. No. Every every believer goes through it. Walking, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. And every child that we raise and that walks through our church, even our own journeys, we had to walk what I've always kind of thought of as like a bridge from my parents' faith to my own. And that, you know, I think about Pilgrim's Progress even, you know, and all the different 
allegory and analogies there. Um, but in walking that you're going to you're going to ask questions and you're going to either disagree or not land in the same places as your parents. And I think giving them the freedom to do all of that, but under your guidance and under your roof is, is a good thing Yeah, and to not panic Yeah, and not to just think and not to think the worst about your kid or, you know, I think to give them a spirit of hope. Yeah. I love a lot of what you're saying. I think that Again, you're fostering the environment in which it is safe to say, I don't know what I believe. That's really important. And to, to, to encourage your kid in that, thank you so much for trusting me with that. Yeah. Helping them understand it is very normal to have questions yeah. about what you do believe. And, and then also to help kids understand we have a reasonable faith. There are reasonable totally. answers to the questions you have. So yeah. let's explore those answers together. And There's so many great resources. Yeah. that uh, Not only is doubt like um, a common thing, uh, not having a perfect perfectly strong and confident faith is something that we are, that's not only common, it's normal to say my faith grows. And therefore, if my faith can grow and my confidence can grow, then it is weaker now than it will be one day. And how does it grow? How does it get stronger? It's exercised through doubt. Mm -hmm. And how does my faith get stronger? Well, it's exercised through questions that I want answers to. And so encouraging kids say, this is actually a great part of the process of finding out whether or not you trust Christ is going, if, if, if the Bible is true, then what does that mean for me? And then what does it mean for our culture? And going, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's explore those questions together. Chelsea, what are things that pop in your head for you? Everything y'all have said, especially just the don't, don't panic factor. Uh, we so desperately want our kids to leave our homes confident in what they believe and able to kind of stand on their own two feet, faith-wise. And uh, we know that for years, the church has churned out a lot of kids that cannot defend their own faith. Right. They're not equipped to battle a doubt but doubts arise. And so to me, it just sounds like the process, like Cassie said, of making their faith their own. And so we want to embrace that that part of the journey and not panic or act like the kid is is some sort of um, ingrate right. uh, or, or, like Lost cause. or like we're being personally rejected. Like if the kid is, is yeah. questioning the faith and they're questioning us and everything we've told them, but rather like their mind is forming. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say, you know, to really be hopeful and expectant that the Lord's doing something. If they're asking these big, deep questions, like you said, our faith is reason- reasonable. There, yeah. there isn't a question that we have to be scared they're going to ask right. because God has an answer. Yeah, I think of two stories in the Bible that come to mind for me. One, it's probably the most obvious one. People think of uh, Thomas, doubting Thomas. Uh, in fact, our boys and I were just talking about doubting Thomas last night because that's the point we're at in reading our scripture together as a family. Uh, in fact, I think we'll read it tonight. We were kind of prepping last night, but... Uh, Thomas is a man who didn't believe uh, what other people were telling him about Christ rising from the dead. And what I love about that story is Christ's response is not condescending. He is not rejecting. When you see Christ's response to a man who doubts, it's so gracious. And at the same time, very real. Like, okay, if you here, touch my hands, touch my side. And uh, I love that story where Thomas says, my Lord and my God. Like he's, he's convinced. And sometimes there are questions we feel like if we just got the answer to it, we would be convinced. But oftentimes, honestly, that's, that's a delusion. Yeah. That if we believed, oh, if I just had an answer to this, I would believe. You see a lot of Pharisees in the Bible who demand a sign. And then when they see a sign, they say, that's from Satan. Yeah. And uh, Jesus said, man, how could Satan be divided against himself? You see what I'm doing. But there's a cynicism that also may need to be confronted in a kid to say, is it really that there's a question you don't have answered? Or is it that no matter what the answer is, you just really are struggling? 
and let's get to the heart of what you're facing. The other story that comes to mind for me is Mark 9 is the uh, dad who wants his child freed from a demon. Yeah. And he says to Jesus, if you could help, that would be great. It's kind of his statement. And Jesus says, if I can. Uh, the, the man is implying like, Jesus, you may not be able to do this. Mm. And Jesus said, if you could just believe. And he says, well, I, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief, which is the perfect example of saying like, can, I, can these coexist at the same time? I believe yeah. this, but I also struggle with this. And that's a great picture for especially a teenager mm. to say, it is okay to say, I, 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 want to, I want to want to pray to God. And I don't feel like I do. That feels like a problem within a problem. Like in terms of like a, my kid's doubt is causing me to doubt God's goodness in yeah, a way. In that, in that story, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, do I believe Jesus can do this? Like yeah. And yeah. that encounter with Jesus would actually like save my daughter from her doubts or her, right. you know, whatever. I don't know. That just feels like an interesting. I think there's a worldly religion that, that would convince you that God's love is conditional, right? And God's love is circumstantial. And we know he loves us if he gives us what we want, as right. opposed to we know he loves us because of what he's already done. And we can trust him even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Now, uh, Jamie or other parents may have kids with specific questions for which there are really great resources yeah. and really great conversations to be had. I would encourage you to reach out to Jamie. I know you know your pastors uh, well because uh, <laughs> we know you, you're, you're at our church, but um, uh, I'd encourage you to, to walk through whatever the questions they're facing. Mm. Uh, student ministers and student ministry volunteers are always available for, for um, at least at our church and I hope in a lot of churches, you have competent people working with kids who can come alongside parents and help with that. Now, here's another doozy of a question. This one is a little bit more directed maybe at dad, but I think it's good for, for all of us to talk about this. This listener says, how do I enjoy and cherish time with my kids when they're in a season of hating dad? Which I, I don't want to color this too much because I don't know the whole circumstance, yeah. but it sounds like you're saying you want to have great time with your kids. They are rejecting or don't want great time with you. Is that what you guys are hearing? Yes. yes. Am I interpreting that right? sad. It, it does it does make me sad. And I'll tell you, while some parents would take comfort in in knowing there are phases, like there's phases of a kid's life, there's a, and many of us have lived through them, you know, teenage and college years where kids reject their family and then in their 20s, they come back and, and in their, uh, you know, when they have kids, they come back. But that is not a real helpful comfort right now in the midst of my kids don't mm -hmm. like being around dad. I would say related to both Jamie's question and this one, there are some things in our families that will say, these are non-negotiables. Like just because you're doubting doesn't mean we're going to say, okay, then you don't yeah. have to go to church with us. Right. Or then I'm not going to let you hear me pray for you anymore. No, there are some things we'll still do. And including just spending time together. I think uh, if, if you think about your kids like anybody, if they didn't like you and you wanted to win them over, the right way to do, I'm sorry, the wrong way to do this would not be bribes and threats. If your kids do not want to spend time with you, it would not be, well, I, well, what can I do to bribe them or what can I do to threaten them until they do that? Because then their affection for you is actually rooted in something conditional. As long as I get what I want or as long as you don't do something I don't, then I will spend time with dad. Instead, I think what could be better, and this may sound similar to bribes, but it's truly, it's just blessings, is thinking about what do your kids love? What do they love to do? What do they love to talk about? And instead of looking at your relationship with them as what do they have to offer you, I'm not saying that definitely is what you've done, but this is a great strategy there is to say, what, what, do, my, what do I have to offer my kids that they need and love, even mm -hmm. if maybe they don't want it? But what do they love to do? They love sports? Great. Let's, let's watch something together. Let's go play together. They, they love a, a certain show or a certain song. Let's listen to it together. Let's, let's do this together. But honestly, it comes back to what all these things come back to. 
have a conversation with your kids that's very real and genuine. I feel unloved by you. I feel like when we are around each other, you don't want to be around me. And they affirm that. They say, yeah, that's true. Then you ask them, what, what's leading to that? Yeah. If it's something I've done to wrong you, I would love to own it. And so part of this may start with repenting. If it's, if it's rooted in mistakes that you've made as a dad, or if it's related to you know, a divided family, or if it's a comp- competition between you and your wife, it may be getting on the same page with your wife or their mom, or however that family circumstance is, and saying, how do we... How do we own that we have to operate as the adults in this situation? Cassie, I've heard you say that before. We are the adults here. And so how do we not weaponize our kids' uh, relationships or love? But you know, the, the truth is that Christ also warns that families will be divided over him, that uh, family unity is not necessarily a promise in a Christian household. So we also have to be ready to say, I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what. My kid's love for me is not an idol to be pursued. Or I say, if I don't have my kid's love, then I cannot feel okay about myself. Mm-hmm. We have to be rooted in the fact that like, I am a child of God first and I am okay. If I'm walking in repentance and if I'm walking in relationship with God, my kids may come and go, but God will never leave me. Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard truth to swallow. But that is somewhere we need to also take this. And I would encourage you to, listener, if, if you could go talk to somebody about the specifics of what you're facing, I think it would really help you because I would take this in a thousand different directions depending on what's actually happening. Chelsea, yeah. what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I just want to encourage you to not give up. As parents, we have the opportunity to reflect the Father's heart. And what we see over and over in the scriptures is a God who calls himself Father and remains steadfast no matter what That's his right. children are doing. So when, his, when God's children are rebelling, right, the scriptures say that even while we were in our sins, while we were still sinners, God sends his own son as a sacrifice. God pays the highest right. price to, to get us back, to get into relationship with us while we're not even asking for it, while we're not pursuing him, we are not loving him. He loved us first. And so as parents, we have the opportunity to reflect what God is like by loving them first, by loving in a way that's steadfast, by loving in a way that says, my love is not conditional on your feelings, on your return and reciprocation of that love. Like you don't have to show me affection for me to be crazy about you. I'm yeah. going to love you no matter what. I am going to be here because most likely this is circumstantial. Most likely this is a season or a phase. And so I just encourage parents everywhere, mm-hmm. don't give up. Um, my, my counselor told me that one day if your kids are teenagers and they scream at you and they say, I hate you, she said, you need to know that they say that because they think you're the safest place to take their, their big emotions mm. because they have a big feeling and they feel like it's safe to drop it on you because you're going to keep loving them. If they screamed, I hate you to a friend, the friend might say, I hate you mm-hmm. too then. And the friendship might be over, be but they know you're not going anywhere. And so it's a, you need to receive it as a sign of how safe they feel. Yeah. Because remember that, that uh, the emotional part of a, of a child's brain or a teenager's brain and the judgment center, these things are not equally developed. Yeah. And, and so for teenagers, it could be hard to manage big emotions yeah. and we don't need to take that personally. We need to stay steadfast in our love for them. Yeah, I love what you're saying there too, because if a teenager or even a younger kid is expressing hatred towards a parent, it can be a sense of uh, demanding control. Like they think they can manipulate your emotions to get what they want, which may be just... Um, uh, Chelsea and I were talking about this German word last night, the schadenfreude, which means uh, delighting. It, we don't have a word for it in English. It means delighting in somebody else's misfortune. Oh. And sometimes a kid can feel control if you are hurt. 
and therefore I have the power over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so a teenager, certainly, this is how they express control and power is by playing off your emotions. But I should say as well, I should have said this before, (laughs) honoring your father and mother is a command of God. Therefore, if in what you're experiencing in your household is that they are dishonoring their father and mother, in other words, your kids are walking in sin. One of the other responsibilities we have as a Christian brother or sister is to address sin in a gentle way that seeks restoration not in a vindictive or vengeful spirit that says, how dare you? Now I'm going to do this to you. Here's your punishment because you made me so upset, but rather in a gracious way that says, this is an unacceptable way for somebody who's following God or someone who is a part of my mm-hmm. household to behave. And so we address sin always with the, the pursuit of restoration for that person that they might come to repent of that. We own whatever we can and we call them to as well in a gentle manner. That's just parenting. Yeah, I mean, I want to echo what Chelsea said and just say, persevere. And then I would just add cover that relationship with prayer. I have seen God do amazing work in the restoration of human relationships in my own family and after just years of brokenness. And so what I want to share is that like something God taught me is I stopped praying for a season and then God surprised me uh, Mm. with some steps forward in relationships. And what I think I, what I thought and operated under was this lie that all was lost and that I just needed to move on in other relationships. And this was as a child, not as a parent. And what God did uh, was just show me that like, if he can restore and reconcile our relationship to him, what more can he do uh, for us to one another? And so what isn't, what seemed impossible was us being reconciled to him as our father. And he bridged that through Christ. And so if he can restore that, what can he do between us if we are just willing and and asking? And so I would just say to keep praying and keep believing that he can do what seems impossible. Hey friends, it's March. And that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com. See all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com. And remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at beautifulscribbles.com.
Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. Well, we've got so many more questions here. I'm going to try to choose just a few that we can get to, but some of these honestly will turn into in whole episodes. I look at ones about work ethic or, or um, school choice and things like that. Those are, those are great good. questions, and uh, we can definitely talk about that a lot. Let me do a quick answer to this one. Uh, hopefully it's quick. <laughs> Somebody just asked about best advice to pastors on raising PKs. I know a lot of people who listen to this are in full-time ministry. Uh, certainly Cassie and I, that's what we do for a living, and so we have... Uh, jobs. I'll tell you, philosophically, I've talked to a lot of staffs about this at other churches. At our church, and I think it's probably true of Northway where Cassie works, we philosophically want our families to love that their parents work at the church. And so you think about all the ramifications of that. We try to find ways to make that the case. Some really simple ones are that if it is uh, my kid's birthday or my birthday, I have the day off. Uh, And part of that is philosophically, because if you work at a church, I believe you You work on Father's Day, you work on Mother's Day, you work Thanksgiving weekend, you work Easter weekend, you Christmas. work Christmas weekend, Fourth of Super July is a Sunday, you work on it, you work Super Bowl Sunday. You work a lot of holidays. So anybody on my staff, if it is your birthday or your anniversary, I don't want to see you at work, yeah, even if give, it's on a Sunday. We give birthdays off. Yeah. Like that's like one of their, it's like they get a birthday PTO day or whatever. Yeah. And so we, we tell our kids, hey, our church loves you. You give up a lot in order for you to be yeah. here. Now, every kid has to say goodbye to their parents while they go to work or while they go to school. But So in some ways, this is not unique. And regardless of what you do for a living, I think finding ways to create this would be really great. The other thing is anytime that our kids get a special privilege because their dad is a pastor, like if somebody from our church invites us to do something really fun, we make sure to also talk that up as like, look at how great the, the Lord has provided for you something neat because of all that your family has done to serve every once in a while somebody serves yeah. you, which is such a delight, such a such a gift to have. And I'm not saying other families don't experience that either, but when we experience something that is really great related to pastoral ministry, you try to really celebrate, um, celebrate it, but also yeah. really overtly address it with our kids. How great yeah. is this? And I uh, also have a temptation, I've talked about this before on the show, I have a temptation to apologize to our kids when we have to do extra because of my job. And that is, that's not fair to them to say, I'm sorry for this. Really mm-hmm. what it should be is a chance for me to cast vision for them yeah. to say, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a membership class and none of the chairs were set up in the room. And uh, so my three kids are there because uh, I think Chelsea probably had worked the night before. And so they're going to hang out in my office while I'm teaching a class. And they love hanging out in my office. Again, officeology wise uh, uh, church philosophy-wise, I, I have candy and games in my office because I want my kids to love the getting Nerf to go guns. to dad's office. Yeah, all <laughs> kinds of weapons, you know, because I have boys. <laughs> but when they have to come early and we set up all the chairs, yeah. and my kids do not complain one bit that day. Now, they, they, I'm not saying they never complain, but they're not complain one bit. And I talk to them about, you know, this is what Griffins do. Yeah. I don't apologize. I say, hey, I'm sorry you guys had to set up chairs. I say, hey, this is, remember, this is what Griffins do. Griffins serve. We get to serve the church. Nobody's going to see this service today because you guys are just sitting up chairs and then going away. Mm. Uh, but the Lord is, you know, this is what the Lord has called us to do. We serve even if nobody's watching, even if nobody's going to make much of it. Yeah. That's what we do. Any advice from you, Cassie? I know this is something yeah. you think about too in your own home. I think be on guard for how you talk about the church and your house. Every church has hard seasons and whether it's with leadership or with church members or whatever it is. And so I just think, remember that your kids are always listening and to just guard, I mean, even when they're not listening, you should be guarded about how you're speaking about the bread of Christ, but just to be guarded again, I've found myself being maybe too loose uh, with my speech and then having to apologize because I've, you know, said something or complained about something, even if it's not personal about someone I work with, it could just be in general about. And so 
And and then I would say if this is a pastor asking and like you get to you get to make decisions about the culture, like what yep. you're saying. And so if if there's something that's going on at your church uh, that has made it hard for your family, what can change and what can you change or what can you ask if you're not if you don't have that type of oversight, uh, yeah. what can you ask that can be changed? And don't uh, just resign yourself to a really unhealthy environment. Yeah, my, my biggest fear around pastoral ministry and having kids is similar to what my fears are around this podcast. If we put ourselves out there as people who talk about this, and then they look into our own families and see all the imperfections, the extra judgment that my kids might face, mm. because, oh, did you know their dad is the pastor? Did you know their dad wrote a book about family discipleship? Did you know their dad uh, does a podcast where he talks about this? And you look at our the kids, spotlight. and you go, well, that kid's far from perfect. And you go, yeah, he's a kid. Yeah, It is not fair to look at our kids and say, we expect something different and special yeah. from you because of your dad or your mom's role. Mm-hmm. Or just the attention at all. Just yes. the, the extra attention they get. That has been hard on one of mine. Even the positive extra attention. It, yes. yes. It's like, I mean, that's why I had my oldest uh, years ago was like, how do people know that we went to the zoo? Or how do people know? Because yeah. we would go to church and they'd be like, hey, how was this? And she would look at me like, how do they? And granted, I mean, that's just like, that's not because we're on side of the church. That's just because of, I guess, a presence on social media, but just being reminded that like not every kid loves that attention and they're trying to figure out and make sense of the world and the relationships that they're operating with. And that the church is a really meaningful part of that. And so I guess just being mindful of how you're projecting and what you're choosing to like put before the church when it regards to your family and then uh, what you're putting before your kids in regard to the church. I have to remind myself too, that like uh, some people's opinions are not, are not fair and I don't need to judge them for it. And because we're a public person, people make public statements to our kids. They, Even though they don't know our kids, they feel like they know our kids. And I've been not at Eastside. Eastside's been perfect in every way. But at other churches I've worked at, there's been people that came up and just said, hey, your dad is misleading you because he's teaching you about uh, the Green Bay Packers. You should be a Cowboy fan. And I get it that it's done out of like love and jest, but I don't need anybody coming up and telling my kids like, hey, your dad misleads you. Hey, your dad, like, That's weird. like you need to come people between me and my things. kids. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, I just wish people could be, you know, like just be supportive of each other as parents. And if you're going to say garbage about my family, say it to me, not to my kid or not to your kid about my kid. And that kind of stuff really drives me nuts. Okay. We could, I could get fired up and there's a lot <laughs> more to say. Are you done? <laughs> I was going to say, I, th- I think you are, are you fired up. Keep going. Uh, and also, I'm sorry. No, I hope okay. I've never said anything like that. It to was you, you Cassie. Was... Both, both times it was you. <laughs> well, I have said, th- I'm not said that, but I'm like, I do regret things that I've said. And I'm like, oh gosh, did I say something to you no. about your parenting? No. <laughs> Maven, Maven's been sending Oscar letters about how the, all the things you and Eric talk about in your home about us. And we, we're really upset. Oh, yeah. Uh, we really brought you here today to kind of. I was hoping Maven's uh, letters were, you know, more uh, more uh, romantic in nature. <laughs> well, yikes. I have, that's funny. I have a lot more to say about this, but our podcast is not for pastors family. So if somebody yeah. does want to talk more about this, I certainly have opinions. And I think uh, there are many, many uh, jobs where you face criticism all day long. And uh, pastoral ministry is not immune to that. I do think there's a lot of benefits and blessings to it as well. Uh, but it is a job where you have to publicly put yourself out there all the time. Yeah. And so your family becomes a little bit of a local public figure in a way. People know you, recognize you in your own church. And sometimes mm-hmm. that uh, makes parenting a little bit more difficult. And so I want my kids to both um, grasp the blessing of it, but be ready for the the critical eye that yeah. comes with it. Um, okay, let's end with a let's an easier one. How about this? <laughs> All right, this is a really great question. Your favorite movies to watch with your kids for a family movie night? Ones that you can teach and enjoy and talk about something biblical, some biblical theme. What are the movies that come to mind for you? I have a thousand, but 
Uh, anybody have one that you comes to mind a for thousand? them? Oh, easy. I could any movie I feel like that I enjoy, I can pull a biblical theme from well, sure. for our kids. We were watching uh, Wrinkle in Time this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a Wrinkle in Time is very like uh, universalist, demonic. <laughs> demonic. Yeah. yeah uh, it's but at weird. one point I paused and we were watching it. It was a Gus night. And I just said, Hey, Gus, what does the, the it remind you of? The something evil that makes people do things they shouldn't do, that brings envy even when good things happen for other people, or schadenfreude, you might say. Mm -hmm. You know, when those good things happen for other people, what does that feel like? And it took him a second, but then we got to the fact that, like, this is like sin. There's mm -hmm. a, this is a lot like sin, and that the stories that our world tells have evil and good in them, yeah. and that is a shadow of a reality yeah. that there is evil and good. And almost yeah. every movie you watch with a kid is going to have sen mm -hmm. sense of who's the hero, yes. who's the villain. And for us, it's never pointing out, oh, the villain is that other kid it's, you go to school with. No, 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 right, no. Right. That's another human being who we want to see love Jesus. Mm. Uh, but who's the villain? Well, sin, the enemy, our right. flesh. Uh, I'm, as Taylor Swift would say, I'm the problem. You know, like uh, stuff like <laughs> I'm that. I'm so proud of you right uh, now. I worked it in. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea, what movies come to mind for you? I bet you could guess what my favorite is. Tell oh. me it's Harry Potter. Is it? Uh, you know, I've never seen Harry I Potter. <gasps> Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse? Uh, no, that's oh, one, that's, that's a great mine. one too. No, I was going to say. I'll talk about that in here a second. Uh, Go ahead. Big Hero Six for the, oh, yes. for the following reasons. Okay, let's go. There, <laughs> the end is really all about like forgiveness and yeah. reconciliation, redemption. There is self sacrifice. Uh, yeah. There's selflessness. There's love between brothers. I love that for my boys. Yeah. Um, they give up on revenge. They're like, hey, revenge yep. is not a good strategy or good motivation. Exactly. They're, and the friends kind of admonish and rebuke that spirit of vengeance. And yep. so it's like kind of self-mediated. There's no romantic relationships. Girls are presented as people who are good at science and math. <laughs> keep <laughs> yes, going. Keep rare. going. Yeah. There, it's funny. Yeah. There's nothing not to love. It's, it's great. It's great. Um, yeah. I'm honestly like Even surprised Even the bad guy gets, gets kind of a redemption story at the end. He recognizes like, I've been doing this and I shouldn't have been doing this. In fact, yeah. what I wanted, I could have had if I would have just like worked together. Yeah. It's so good. It is good. Yeah. So you don't like Harry Potter? No. Okay. Uh, no, not because it's like because uh, of the British like, accent and the darkness, or witchcraft or whatever. Yeah, it's just I just get so sleepy. And, <laughs> and it's he, so good. And he's sort of like trilogy, like a fantasy world with other creatures. So oh, like, that's right. You're, I knew you weren't a Lord of the Rings. Lord and of Hobbit the Rings, fan. Star Star Wars, anything about oh, like goblins and gnomes those. and hobbits and whatever they are. Um, I've learned a lot about Star Wars because my boys like it. So yeah, I, so it's I, great. I know all about how Padme Amidala died in childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> Tragic. Did come in one day, came from another room, came in and she goes, did you know that Anakin Skywalker grows up to be Darth Vader? Yeah. <laughs> I read like, that in those maybe. golden books uh, yeah. with my kids. But yeah. But yeah, the maternal mortality rate on Star Wars is- Pretty rough. Concerning. But- Anyhow, yeah, I don't like any of those okay. things that make me sleep. I mean, say? those are all pretty obvious in terms of like the dark and light yeah, and yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, even yeah. the father relationships. We do love Star Wars. We love Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. We just finished watching The Hobbit with the girls. Um, it's oh, so great. Fun. We've read, we, we're big on reading books first and then uh, watching yeah, yeah, movies. Same. Yeah. Same. Um, uh, most recently has been Little Women. I oh. love it. We've, we've, yeah, I know. You're, that is like so <laughs> neat. It's so great. Um, I believe you. Addresses a ton of things in terms of relationships with sisters and just growing up. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then one of my favorite aspects in the most recent one is the, where she talks about anger and not going to bed with anger in your heart. And so there's just some really beautiful things to tease out of that. Sweet. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we love Harry Potter. I mean, sacrificial love and, 
and just yeah. power. And I don't know, they're like we, the, I, I love leaning into that we live in a world where there are unseen forces at work mm-hmm. and that like not everything is pragmatic. Yep. There are things that we cannot explain. And so the Ephesians, man, really not up on my- Ephesians 6? Ephesians uh, Armor 6, of God. yeah. Where yes. Your enemy is not flesh and blood. Yes. There she Powers goes. and principalities. She knew it was in there. It's in there um, somewhere. Uh, we memorized that last year uh, for school. Did, did, and did, did we? <laughs> do, you, do you remember everything you've ever memorized? Every, every mistake I've made, uh, Chelsea can memorize. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's how I feel about this podcast. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Her memory really is a steel trap. But, the, but. Uh, but yeah, the idea that we are that we are at, at war with something we cannot see. And totally. so that's why I, I love leaning into those type of uh, stories and films because we live in a very pragmatic world. Yeah. And so to be able to foster in them the sense of like, hey, there is a darkness, but we mm-hmm. don't have to be afraid because Jesus has authority That's right. over all darkness, sin yeah. and death. Yeah. We, there's not, we should say too, there's not like a many perfect movies. There's going to oh, be movies no. that you always need to make judgment calls <laughs> Only one, about. Only one, Big Hero 6. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Uh, but Chelsea and I are careful about what we let our kids see. We'll read like a plugged in blog about it or we'll read the IMDB like parent's guide about oh, yeah, a movie before such. we watch it. And and certainly there are some, some people may not like Star Wars for like the sorcery or, or Harry Potter for the witchcraft. And I support you in that, you know, or, or superpowers or whatever. We're, we're more like careful about profanity and sexuality yeah. in anything that our kids are going to see. But the movie that sticks out to me, like I mentioned before, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is an animated Spider-Man movie. We do have three boys. It's so good. Though. And what I love that about soundtrack. it is most movies that are designed for kids have some tragic um, thing happen to a parent. Or kind of part of the plot is that your parents don't get you and your parents are kind of the, the villain, the, the antagonist. And what I love about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the lesson he learns is to love and appreciate his family. At the end, he's defeated the villain like everybody wants to see. And he ends with a big hug for his dad and how now he appreciates this father who used to embarrass him. And you just don't see that Isn't often. Isn't it his uncle? For a kid's movie. His uncle is the guys. bad guy. His uncle Was his uncle? Away. Sorry, spoiler alert. Oh. His uncle is the prowler who the he guy. finds out that he was one of the bad guys and his dad is like weeping and actually blames Spider-Man, if oh. you remember. It's, I've, it's, I've um, fallen asleep every time we've watched that, but I do. Oh. I, so there's like all these like holes in the plot for me. So, cause I've seen the beginning a right. lot. It's like That's, those people who do like a yearly reading Bible or Bible plan, you know, and they like, yeah. they're like, I've got Genesis. <laughs> I've got a record. Yeah. I have a yeah. recording of Eric <laughs> trying to answer what is the multiverse. Uh, That's funny. Because Maven asked like, what does that even mean? And it's, like three minutes long of him trying to explain the That's multiverse awesome. to a seven-year-old. Chelsea does love a good nap in a movie. And I love it. story. Yeah. We just saw Wakanda forever. And by we, I mean, I saw it. And Chelsea was there for most, or for all of it. And saw oh, was it good? It. Yeah. Seemed great. <laughs> when I woke end. up at the end, I could tell that it was like really powerful. And, Something emotional. Uh, there was an anthem. Yeah, yeah. Like I felt in it, man. Yeah. And, like I downloaded that song as soon as we got out of there. I was like, Rihanna. that song was beautiful. Yeah. That's uh, I don't, you know, I didn't capture all of it, but I did see the beginning, and I woke up for the end. So yeah. Well, to summarize, I do think there's a lot of uh, great content in the world, whether it's a book or a movie or a song, from which, uh, while it may not be ungodly or intended mm-hmm. to be so, we can draw from it spiritual truths that are great for our kids. Yeah. And there are some movies that are intended for that to teach a lesson that we want to teach our kids and others that you can just uh, pause or think about and and draw some themes out of. Uh, yeah. There's some great art out there. 
uh, some people will say like, well, what about Christian movies and Christian media? You know, like the, the show, The Chosen, we love the, ch- we love the show, The Chosen. Uh, there are some aspects of it that can be confusing to a kid totally. because it's not- In the Bible? Yeah, it's not straight scripture. So making sure our kids understand, like Nathaniel was not an architect as far as we know. And right. Peter was not like trying to get enough fish so he could pay off a debt to the Romans as far as we know. And so some of that even I'm more cautious about because I don't want them to get in their heads some version of scripture that doesn't exist. Totally. And at the same time, I love The Chosen. I love what it's accomplishing- and there are a lot of great, uh, The Star would be an example of a great movie that's just like this, a story about Mary and Joseph getting to Bethlehem. It's imaginative. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's really leaning into the imagination. The, the donkey <laughs> is the hero. But, but yeah. There's some, the camels are so funny. Uh, you know, yeah. there's some aspects of it that are great. But all of it, it uh, comes down to the responsibility is still on you as a parent to lead your household towards Christ. You, we mm-hmm. can't just like press play on something and say, there you go. Tell me, tell me what you learned. Uh, we did uh, let our kids, you know, we're same on reading books and then watching movies. We let our kids read uh, Narnia and then watch the Narnia movies. Oh, so and, good. and I remember asking Oscar after that first Narnia movie, I think I've shared this before on the podcast, but I asked him, what do you think the author was trying to teach you? And he said, I think it's that you should not play hide and seek in a stranger's house <laughs> or you might end up leading a, a, a whole army of animals in, in a, a war. war against evil. And I was like, okay, buddy, that is a... Uh, that is one lesson. It is and I an was important like, lesson. Uh, how about, it is. I think he was trying to teach us the gospel. <laughs> In one of the, our earlier episodes, that Sean McDonald had listed out some questions yeah. that were helpful about like watching something and into, like, did you feel preached at? What was like a message? Like, he had some great questions that he asked That's his teen good. son. So go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, and some too. of it may be undoing some of the things, the lessons the movie's trying yes, to teach us. Exactly. Like that movie, uh, Bigfoot, I think we've talked about. Was it Bigfoot? What's, what's that movie? It, what's you, it called? Smallfoot. Smallfoot. Something. Oh, that Where it's one like, was hey, your terrible. parents have a law on stone, and it's wrong. And it was just like over. It was anti-Christian. so bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of our pastors' kids was like, "I don't like that movie, Dad. Like, it, it says like not to listen to you." Yeah, uh, you're thinking that uh, that was the musical one that um, Disney about the little boy that goes to the land of the dead. He said that. Oh, Coco. Coco. Yeah, he said I don't like that movie because it makes oh. like it makes me not want to listen to you. I, I've never seen that one, but apparently it's about a son who doesn't listen to his parents in order to accomplish his art dreams or something. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I have no idea. Uh, there are definitely agendas <laughs> out there. We have talked enough about movies. We could do a whole episode, I guess, about yeah, movies. Yeah, because I kept trying to find a way to bring up Flight of the Navigator and it still hasn't happened. <laughs> uh, no, no. I don't think I've ever seen it. We could talk about 80s movies that teach things. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a kind of a childhood nostalgia <laughs> Chelsea for Chelsea stayed awake for it. She did. But I've when she was younger. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, guys, uh, we love you listeners. Thank you for the great questions. There's certainly more we could talk about, some really heavy stuff that you guys asked about that we want to address sometime. This is the end of our season. We're looking forward to some great guests and some really great topics in 2023. We look forward to seeing you then. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple your families, we'd love it. If you could give us a great review wherever you listen to the podcast, just hit five stars. You don't have to write anything. Just hit five stars. It helps us a ton. Also, visit one of our sponsors. That's how we're able to keep the show going is to have sponsors who uh, contribute to the overall cost of production. And then share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us, especially in the off season, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We love you and we will see you in 2023.